it's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 Community Managers, Angie Sparks and Joseph Petrovic, to help you do extraordinary things on ordinary money. Earning points is easy, but finding award flights can be tough. Wouldn't it be great to get alerts when that elusive award space opens up? Thrifty Traveler Premium does just that. Thrifty Traveler's army of flight deal analysts are searching 24-7 for flight deals. And it's not just cash, but it's for those valuable award flights too. Plus, they've recently simplified their membership tiers to give everyone access to their Premium Plus tiers. You can set filters to only get the type of alerts you are interested in, whether that be domestic, international, economy, or business. Or if you love the unique one-off flights, check out their new Nerd Alert feature. Never miss another award deal by subscribing to Thrifty Traveler Premium. Use the promo code AT101 for $10 off your first year of Thrifty Traveler Premium Plus and get deal and award alerts straight to your inbox. Welcome to episode 35 of the Award Travel 101 podcast. Joe and Angie are off traveling this week. I'm Mike Zaccio and I'm back covering hosting duties. Today we're trying something different. I have with me a member of Award Travel 201 and 101 community, Erin Kilpatrick here to talk about her epic journey over the past several months, which would not have been possible without Award Travel. Erin is on what she calls a midlife renaissance, traveling the world. In July, I happened to be in Europe for work. I had a free weekend. So I met up with her while she was at one of my favorite cities, London. We did a pub crawl, a Ted Lasso tour, and of course, discussed, debated award travel topics. We even had an agenda as it were a formal meetup because we're dorks like that. So we're here to talk all about Aaron. So welcome, Aaron. Hey, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> yes, we are dorks to make yeah. that agenda. <laughs> yes. It's good to see you. So let's start. So tell us, how did you begin in award travel? Oh, well, my parents were into award travel from frequent flyer um, perspective, and they had an Alaska credit card. And they were able to fly me when I was in high school to Barcelona using British Airways. Um, So that was kind of my first experience of, Mm. you know, understanding the power of miles. And then when I was in college... Probably I was 19 or 20. I got a United Airlines card aimed at college students and I got a measly one mile per $2 spent and had that for years. Got to start somewhere. Exactly. And of course, I'll never close it because it's my first card. And forever I had that card and it finally converted to a gateway card a few years ago. Um, but yes, so that was my first card. And, and my, I remember my first own award trip. I was junior in college and I wanted to go to Santiago, Chile. So I booked this terrible routing in economy. I think I went from St. Louis to Chicago to Houston to Santiago. With, oh. And we none of us would do that today. Well, for yeah. the for the right price, I think we would. Exactly. And that's what it was. In J though, in business class. Yes. Well, as a starving college student, all I could do was economy, but I made it there. And that's what mattered, right? Is I was able to do something I wouldn't have done. And then, of course, I, you know, had other cards and then got the Chase Sapphire Reserve when it came out in 2016 and, you know, got more serious joining or travel one on one in 2018 and 
201 in 2020. And I know this year would have never been possible without all that I've learned over the past couple of years in the award travel groups. That's great. That's a great story. So tell us more about what you've been doing this year. Well, back in March, I quit my job and packed up my apartment into my storage unit and gave my brother my car to safeguard and left the country and went on an adventure. I'm calling it my midlife renaissance, as you referred to, um, after struggling with uh, burnout and depression due to work stuff. And this was supported by my therapist and doctor. So in April, I had some money saved up and... You know, the points and miles that I knew was there. So back in April, I left and went off to Ecuador and started this journey. That's, that's awesome. It's, it's a, it's a bold move and I love midlife renaissance. I, I absolutely love it. So what countries have you visited and uh, what, what have you been up to in each of them? Yeah. Well, so I started in Ecuador and the whole point of that was to go to the Galapagos Islands, which was. My ultimate bucket list trip, given that I'm an animal lover and a scientist. I went to Uruguay while I was down in South America, then moved to Europe and visited a friend in England and saw a bit of Wales. Went to Norway, which was amazing because I have heritage from Norway. Went to Denmark and the Faroe Islands. The Faroe Islands was a week-long photography workshop, which was also kind of a splurge for my year. And then also spent 10 days in Sweden. And then upcoming, I have Portugal, Turkey, Brazil to see Taylor Swift in Rio. Day Tay. Yes. <laughs> with some other award travel friends. And then back to Europe for Germany. And then, you know, probably wrap it up in Tunisia. But to be honest, I, I don't plan very far ahead in that that could change and I could add things and change things in there. So who knows? It is quite a year. Yeah. And incredible. I'm there. It's like people always ask like, oh, are you sightseeing all the time? And and when you travel full time like this, you can't, you can't sightsee all the time. It'd be exhausting. And, you know, so I'm kind of just living daily life like anyone does in the U.S. You know, I go to the grocery store, I cook meals, I do laundry, I pay bills. And all the while I am able to explore new cities and I do some sightseeing stuff, but you know, it's things like figuring out the public transportation and practicing my Spanish while I'm in Spanish speaking countries and meeting new people and visiting old friends and learning about new cultures is kind of, you know, what this year is about for me to kind of mix it up and everything. That's awesome. And all these locations sound amazing. And you said, you know, your, your focus is photography. I saw the pictures that you've shared and they've, they've just been incredible. Uh, and it's actually given Thanks. me some ideas for, for my future trips, but I probably should brush up on some of my photography skills too. And it <laughs> kind of inspires me to do that. Oh, good. One of the things I love about the group is that everybody can inspire everybody with their different trips. For sure. Yeah, that's why, that's why I love the community so much. We learn off each other. Yeah. We're inspired. It's great. So the Galapagos sounds amazing. Yes. And that's that's a bucket list location for many people. You as well. I know you've, you know, I think even when we first met, you you mentioned it. So tell us more about that experience. Yeah. Well, yes, it was. Since I read um Charles Darwin's book in biology class in, in school, I always wanted to go there. The origin of species. On the origin of species. Yes. yes. Very good. For an engineer, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, the Galapagos Islands is a very unique ecosystem formed by volcanoes. And, and then, 
you know, species, you know, animals would get to the other islands and evolve differently. So the, the biodiversity, I don't think there's anywhere in the world that you would find as much biodiversity in the plants and the animals, you know, including birds and land and even, you know, sea animals. It, it's, if you're an animal lover and a nature lover, I, I highly recommend it. And there's kind of two ways you can do it. So I, I did it both ways. I was there on land where you stay, you know, on the islands. And then I've also did a cruise. And I would highly recommend doing a cruise, even though it's more expensive um, for several reasons. One is that you can go further and you can get to different places than you could if you were just doing day trips from the island. And the second reason I recommend doing the cruise is I think it's a little bit more environmentally responsible. I think it has a smaller impact on the environment than, say, the day trips. I found that the operators were a little bit more environmentally conscious and responsible following some of the procedures that they were supposed to be doing. So I would highly recommend a cruise. Yeah, because the Galapagos are a very well-protected area, right? Yeah, it's a national park and only three... We are only allowed to go, as humans, allowed to go to 3% of the islands. It's a, it's a, everything else is very much protected, um, but it's still worth going. It's amazing. Um, only four of the islands are inhabited. Um, so you would probably, as you go, you would, if you do go, you're probably only going to stay on two or three of those islands. And then the ferries between the islands are pretty difficult. They're long and the waves are hard and, a lot of people get really seasick and it's, I don't get seasick, but it's just uncomfortable. You have to go two hours, like banging, banging, banging in the sea on the boat. But if you go on a cruise, you're going slow. So it's just more of a rate, wavy, rocky motion. And I think it's just easier on the body. Yeah. And where did you book the cruise through? I, I used G Adventures as my cruise organizer and they were great. I, I can recommend them, but there's lots out there. The only one that I know of that you can do through points and miles is through the Hyatt program with their partnership with Lindblad National Geographic Cruises, which the reputation that they have is, is amazing. And so I, I looked into them, but they were just more money than I, than I could afford. Yeah. And G Adventures allows for solos to go on and they'll do roommate matching. And so then you only have to pay for one person, which was nice for me. And then in terms of hotels on the island, there are some options for reward nights. I think IHG, I, I can't remember. There's like maybe a Hilton or a Marriott and an IHG. But so if, if you were interested, you could search for them. There just aren't many. And I, and I there's nothing wrong with the local hotels. I, I stayed at, you know, a hotel, nice hotel that had a very simple room, a nice little pool, but kept me right in town. I could walk everywhere. And so it was great. That's awesome. What did you do to prepare for the trip points wise? Yeah, well, I am kind of one of those that I always say you should be preparing for not the next trip, but the trip trip after that. So I'm always in general just applying for cards, not knowing exactly how I'm going to spend it, but knowing that I will. And so I would normal credit cards applications. I do three to four a year, um, focus on diversification of points and miles with, you know, again, no particular plan. And this plan to travel was kind of a last minute decision. So I didn't have a ton of time to prepare, but my last minute spree, I opened up three new cards. I did two Hilton cards, the Surpass and the Business Hilton, because I needed to diversify my 
hotel points because I'm really a Hyatt person, but I knew I needed more options for the year. So I got the subs from those two cards and then I did extra spend to get the free night, the Hilton free nights. Is that what you call them, Mike? Yeah, free night awards. Yeah. Yeah. So I netted probably close to 400,000 Hilton points with that. I opened the Barclays American Airlines card. I got 60,000 miles there. That's the one where you just buy a pack of gum. Yes. And, and you get the miles. We could, you could buy a sub or a sub. Yeah, that's right. And then I also did buy, did do some buying of points, which isn't always recommended. There was a pro- promotion to get choice points for cheap, but I had a plan to use them in the Nordics because it was going to be in the summer and Hotels are expensive there. And so I knew buying the points would bring the price down to about a hundred dollars a night. So it was a good use of, of my money because I did the math and that's what you have to do when you, when you buy points. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a value in, you know, some, sometimes using points isn't the best value. Sometimes yeah. buying them or, you know, it offsets our, our cash outlay. Exactly. So I think I started the journey this year with about two million points and miles. Then I, from all of that, I estimated I could do about 90 free hotel nights. But as I'm going through it, I'm definitely going to get more than that out of it, which is great. And I'm sure those, those free night awards helped. I mean, we, we, we talked about those Hilton cards ad nauseum, I think. We've yes. Many, <laughs> many times on the podcast. And it's good that you were able to take advantage of those. Those free night certificates are really some of my favorites. So 2 million points and miles. What award currencies were those predominantly from? Gosh. So, you know, I'm in the chat. Uh, my, I probably, I, I love ultimate rewards more than anything, but also Amex built. I have a lot of built cards from my rent days, Capital One, which I'm using a ton of at independent hotels and city. And then Hyatt and Hilton predominantly for hotels. I had a, a smattering of IHG and Marriott points from prior things. And then. In terms of airlines, I had American, United, Aeroplan, Flying Blue, Delta. I have Alaska, but I probably won't be using those on this trip. So, you know, again, diversification all over, okay. all over the map. Yeah, that's good. And, and so with your flights, you know, you, you probably have to plan a lot of short haul, long haul. Are you doing a lot in business or, or economy? What's, what's kind of been your mix? It's been a mix. I've only done. A few long hauls down to Ecuador and back. The flight is actually shorter than most people would think. And I flew that in economy. And then I flew business when I went to Europe. Going to Brazil, I have, well, I have two flights booked. So some is business, some is economy, but most of the short haul flights are, are economy. Cause I'm just trying to save at this point with no income. Squeezing you out I, I, every. Every last CPP, I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, other numbers. So what have you spent so far in these past four to five months? How many award nights? I think it's been about 50 that I've done mm-hmm. so far. You know, obviously I'll get more out of that the rest of this year. And how many paid nights? I went back and looked. I think I have 58 paid nights, but met, much of that is in South America where ha- lodging is very cheap. And then also I count the two weeks of bucket list trips that really were funded out of my final corporate America annual bonus. I'm not even mm. counting those in, in this trip. And then the rest were, you know, free because I was either staying with friends or family or I did some volunteer work that 
offered me free housing. So I'm doing pretty good so far. That's good. So what about the flights? Yeah. So on that, I've had 12 flights on miles and then nine on cash. And I told it up and it was just under $2,000 I spent on cash flights. And usually those are because like the fares are really cheap or they're really small airlines flying. Because I've been flying into some small airports and random places that have small airlines with no partner alliances. So I've had to pay cash. And then a few I've paid cash because I wanted to make sure I requalify for my Delta status. Um, of course, the most important thing, status. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but but like you said, I think sometimes you have to, like with hotels, like, you know, we love to stay at Hyatt's all the time, and sometimes you need to stay elsewhere. And sometimes I guess you need to fly other airlines, like when you go to, what, the Faroe Islands. Yes, exactly. Uh, what, what was that airline there? Atlantic Airways, which has actually just launched its first U.S. flight in New York to the Faroe Islands. Or what what airport is it in New York Stewart. again? Stewart. Yes, Stewart. Yeah. That's my, my home, near my hometown. So, yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'll have to, maybe I'll send my parents on that. I'll show them your pictures. <laughs> so do you know what your, your total spend in award currencies has been so far? Yeah, I knew you'd ask. So I went back and tallied <laughs> up. I think... You're prepared. <laughs> I've spent about 900,000 points for hotels and four free night certificates. And that's so far. I have a lot more that I want to spend. Were those all Hilton certificates or Hyatt too? No, Hilton... Hyatt, a Marriott, an IHG, um, um, but mostly Hilton and Hyatt. Oh, and then some independence because I counted my Capital One miles that I was able to use and book ho- independent hotels into that. But like coming up, I already have 21 free nights booked. I'll probably book about seven to 14 more Hyatt nights and then more independent nights through Capital One because I get that 10x earning when you book through the Capital One portal. So yeah. It, to replenish the miles that I've or kept yeah. the one point that I've been using. So I guess that helps. I guess that's one of those situations where booking through the portal is beneficial. For me, it has been. So I, I will book through the portal. I pay essentially a cash rate and then I reimburse myself through the points eraser feature that Capital One has. And if I do it that way, then I get the 10x. But if I book it through Capital One points, you don't get the 10x. And Award Wallet blog had a really nice write-up on this. I want to say in the last month or two. So for more details, I would refer you there. It was a really nice write-up. Yeah, we can add that. We can find that and add it to the show notes. And then I've spent about 500,000 miles on flights. And that is pretty much everything booked to the end of the year. I think I have one more flight to book. Although some of my flights have more than one bookings because I'm not sure exactly what day I want to fly or what airline yeah. or everything. Sounds like you're you're employing a strategy of backup Joe, multiple flights, yes. or or our, our tried and true strategy of book early, book often. Yes, yes. I do follow that because you just don't know what routings. What, yeah, I, I don't quite know. I decided the last minute kind of what I want to do, where I want to go, and when I want to do it. So, yeah. And and the great thing with booking with points and miles is it's almost always non refund or almost always uh, refundable. Yeah. So you can change yeah. and you know pivot and go to something yeah. better. Are you tired of trying to figure out which is the best card to use to get the best deal, or which card you added an Amex or Chase offer to? 
I've missed out on many deals because the offer wasn't applied to the correct card, and that's why I'm happy to partner with Card Pointers. Once registered, just add all of your cards. Open your dashboard to see the cards and active offers, and once you log into your credit card accounts, all of your offers will be updated. Not only will it update, but it will add to all eligible accounts, so no more guessing which card to choose. And for a limited time, you can get a $15 discount on the annual subscription or do what I did and get the lifetime subscription for just $99. Throw those lists away and get card pointers today. You can find them at cardpointers.com slash partner slash award travel 101 or linked in the show notes. And now back to the show. So one of the segments we usually talk about on the podcast is about any new cards you've gotten recently. Oh, yeah. So uh, have you picked up any, you mentioned Hilton, have you picked up any other new cards on traveling? Yeah, so this has been a big debate internally, and I think I talked to you about this a little bit in London. I have not picked up any cards since I've been traveling, and here's why. The logistics of getting a new card while I'm traveling are difficult, though not impossible. So if I were to apply for a new card, how do I get it wherever I am in Tunisia or Ecuador or whatever? Although I, I have family that could help with that. So, th- so there's that. And then it's also, you know, given that this is a mental health year, I haven't wanted to, you know, really focus on, oh my gosh, am I going to hit this sign up bonus? And, and some of the countries I've been in have been more predominantly focused on cash. And so I just really wanted this year to, you know, focus on other things rather than points and miles. And then as I thought about it, as I looked at my credit card history, I'm, I'm well above 524 right now. But if I didn't apply for anything while I was gone, I'd actually have the opportunity to drop below 524 by the time I come back in December. And so kind of putting all those things together, I was like, well, maybe I won't apply for anything while I'm gone. So that was, that was my thought process. You know, you and I mm-hmm. talked about that. There was a elevated lineup for one of the Hilton cards, another one of the Hilton cards that he didn't have, I think back mm-hmm. in July or June and July. And I was really tempted by that one. But, and then I just decided, you know, no, don't, don't focus on that. You know, you have a good plan. You know, I have some chase cards that I want to apply for, you know, come January. So kind of eye on the prize and focus on, on that for this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, December, I mean, that's not far away. It's good when you have that goal to, you know, I guess have the restraint to, (laughs) to get there because, you know, you never know what comes along. Like I, I just saw the news came out today, but you probably have some more information on it is the Hilton or not the Hyatt business card uh, is having another elevated sign up bonus. I think 75. Oh, yeah. See, that's what I want. That's pretty good. Yeah. But I can't get it till Um, January. Yeah, may, uh, maybe it'll still, maybe the bonus will still, still be there or there'll be something else. Yeah. Keep your options open. So, I mean, that's, that's all a great strategy. As far as the travel itself, we have a lot of community members that, that solo travel or interested in it. Tell us about how that experience has been for you so far. I think, you know, the stereotype might be that solo travelers might be lonely. Has that been the case for you? No, not, not at all. I think I've had one or two or three days where I've, you know, kind of felt a little lonely or homesick. But that's, that's it so far. My social calendar has been pretty full at times. You know, if you stay in hostels and hostels can mean private rooms. So don't think that you're like, I, I, I just get a private room and I don't stay in the dorms. But 
What it does is allow people, you to be more social. So I've met people through there. I'll do meetups with people from different travel Facebook groups or you do group tours. You meet locals around town. I, I find that as a solo traveler, people like are really interested and you want to talk to you and then they look out for you. Like I've gotten invited to go do things with families and this and that. So it's, I often actually have to plan downtime to be alone to just re- refresh and everything. I've also visited friends that live around the world that I've met on prior travels, met up with friends and family, you know, throughout. And kind of the more you travel, the more you, the more people you meet from around the world. So you have yeah. more of a network. So no, I personally haven't been, been lonely and I don't have a problem going out to eat alone. You know, you just take a book or, you know, catch up on your world news or something on your phone or something. And and or sit and talk to the bartender and then you get local recommendations from them and or you meet the people at the table next to you. I don't know. Like I said, I, yeah. I've i not been lonely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, meeting up with people that happen to be friends that happen to be traveling through. Yes. Like we in did London. in London. <laughs> yes. yes. So, yeah, I, I guess, you know, you, I guess you do stay busy. Yeah. So, you know, you're on somewhat of a limited budget. So what are ways that you have saved money while traveling? Yeah, I, I joke that there's the employed errand versus unemployed errand and how I would make decisions differently for travel, you know, before when I used to have a nice corporate America job and now that I don't. I would say pick picking countries that have low cost of living. So for example, like if I were to take laundry to a wash and fold place. In Ecuador, it'd be about $5 for, you know, a five to seven day load of laundry. But in the UK, it's $25. And in Norway, it was up to 50 and even $90 at one place, which I did not do. That's what, that's what broke me. And I did hand washing in the, yeah. in the bathtub in the hotel. Um, so you had cleaner clothes in South America than in Europe. That is probably true. <laughs> And then you can stay in a place longer because, you know, every time you move, you're, you're paying a bus or a train or an airplane fare. You know, you go to the grocery store for cooking or picnics. And that's actually one of my favorite things to do while traveling is to get a picnic lunch and eat it. And like the most picturesque spot you can think of in that location. And I with, with the wildlife, with yeah, the puffins, the puffins the... in the Faroe Islands. Yes, we hiked up to this overlook, these big, huge cliffs with the ocean crashing below the puffins were right there. And yes, that was our picnic lunch. It was amazing. So you have your picnic basket and your camera. Yes, exactly. Well, it's all in the backpack, but yes. And I would say yeah. other ways to save money, save money and stay flexible. And this is going to sound counterintuitive, but I've saved a lot of money this way is I've been flying some discount airlines. And instead of booking the cheapest fare, I actually booked the refundable highest cost fare with the budget airlines. And that makes it about the price of, you know, the mainstream airlines. But what that does is it gets me seat assignments, checked luggage, and it gets me the ability to change or cancel for no fees. And I've actually used that to my advantage because again, I want to stay flexible and plans change. I've been able to cancel or change flight at the last minute and not get gotten charged, which in which case I would have lost a lot of money had I been booked with a mainstream air airline. So that has been really helpful. And then the other thing is like negotiating directly with locals rather than going through like an international third-party booking site middleman. So for like excursions, like, like in Ecuador, I booked 
an excursion, like, probably through Viator or something. And I liked, I really liked the tour guide and he did other things. So then I, I just negotiated with him for future trips I wanted to do and paid him in cash and he got more money and I paid less money. So we were both happy. Yeah. You just miss out on the portal bonus from Viator. I do, but you know, it doesn't make up for this money I save in cash. Um, yeah. What about, so you mentioned, you know, the flexibility with your, uh, with the airline. Did you find that your status helped at all? Yeah. I did. Your, your, your Sky Team status with Delta. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely helped. I, especially in South America, I was fine with TAM, which is their partners. And then some of my Air France flights, I was able to, you know, use, get, get extra luggage for free because I have two carry ons and sometimes you can't take that ca- second carry on, roller carry ons. You have to check it. That would have cost me, I don't know, however much money. And then, you know, you save time in the airports by going through the fast lanes. Never want to wait in line. Correct. To start to wrap things up, what are some things you've learned? Oh, gosh. I, I would say this trip has definitely reinforced the diversification that I've been talking about. It's like, don't focus on one currency. Don't focus... You know, whether it's uh, transferable or just one hotel or one airline, it's important to keep keep it spread out because you just never know. Again, this trip was last minute. I didn't have a lot of time to plan and and but I was set up right. So it's just kind of like your your investment portfolio that, you know, your 401k or thing. You should be diversified in your points and miles, too. So that's really helps me. Yeah. And then I just think award travel is important. Not because it gets you free flights, but it helps you focus on like the more important things in life, you know, like like PDBs, right? No, <laughs> that I mean, pre departure beverages are great. I enjoy them when I get them. But what I think award travel does for me is this year, it's it's helped me with my mental health, right? And that's important. It's helped me visit friends. It helps me have a good time. And I still like this is gonna sound weird, but I think it helps buy me time right and and the reason is because if you show up to europe and you're exhausted because you were in economy and you didn't sleep at all and you have to like struggle through that first day you've had kind of a miserable first day but if you can do war travel and show up rested because you had a life let seat and could sleep you know that buys you an extra day of good vacation and so that's what i say by like that's what I love about award travel. It buys you time. It allows you to focus on things that you may not be able to if you're paying cash or gets you to do things that you couldn't do. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I mean, that's a good point. It's like, it's, you know, some people find travel stressful. Like, I mean, a lot of us enjoy the travel for the travel of it, but if that's not your focus, that I think the award travel and things can still, can still make it easier. Yeah. Like, Oh, you know, like yeah. always book, booking a life flat for, for a red eye. Like that's, yeah, I think a great strategy. Yeah. You know, during the day you could tough it out in economy, but you know, got to get some good yeah. sleep overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Other things I've learned, like I was not really into the Hilton program before. So I've learned a lot about that. Took advantage of the stay four nights, get five nights free, which is kind of like that fringe benefit that you get with some of your cards because I wouldn't be gold in Hilton without my Amex Platinum. 
And you can't get that fifth night free unless you have status in Helgi. So it's like, it all kind of plays together. Like a couple of times I got, I got upgrades at Hilton to that floor that gives you lounge access, which then gave me free meals, which helps me save money, right? As an unemployed person traveling, like all these things that sometimes like you don't really know about, but it, it's really helped me this year. We, we love free meals in the lounge. <laughs> That's your favorite thing, I think. <laughs> Um, Among you know, others, yes. Yeah, I've used the Priority Pass lounges. A lot of the, the Priority Pass lounges outside the U.S. are a lot better than the ones in the U.S. You know, we talked about the Delta status mm-hmm. that I've been able to take advantage of. You know, and then like my Uber credits worked in Ecuador because Ecuador uses the U.S. dollar as their currency. Yeah, so that is amazing. I I didn't I never realized that they used U.S. dollar like that's yeah that's very yeah strange. And I didn't I didn't know the Amex. Credits would work because yeah. they say only in the U.S., but I, I just tried it one time and it got taken out. So no, I think I travel. Don't tell anybody. Hopefully they're not listening. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I don't I don't know. Those are the kind of things I've learned. What What about other hotel programs? You mentioned Choice. Like, I don't know much about them either. Yeah. So I, I <laughs> that was an interesting thing for me. I was doing Choice because I wanted to travel in the Nordic. So I had the city... Thank you points transfer one to two, which is a great transfer ratio to choice. And I bought the choice points. So I was booking um, Clarions and choice hotels all throughout Norway and some in um, Denmark. And they recently, so I, I, I joked that their choice is like spirit in the U.S., but in, in the U.S., they're more like Emirates because it's just, it's a nicer <laughs> project. They're very nice hotels. They've had very nice rooms. The service has been great. The, these food has been wonderful. Free breakfast, the biggest, nicest breakfast spreads you'll ever see. And then some of them even had dinner. So I was, again, not paying for food like for a week that I was in Tromsø, Norway. It was amazing because Tromsø was very expensive. And then, you know, those, sadly, those hotels just rebranded as strawberry. And the only thing right now you can do is you can, you, you can still book with your choice points. But choice status doesn't carry over to those strawberry hotels. So I, I had a, a sale in my strategy here as I did a status match right before I left to choice. Whereas I thought, oh, I'm going to stay at all these choice hotels. No, I'll have good status. But strawberry doesn't honor choice status. So I've now, uh, I've now used my once in a lifetime opportunity to choice that match for nothing. Um, but well, I mean, but that all happened after you, you did the match, right? No, it happened before. Oh, oh. Yes. The strawberry change was announced in the spring and I did the status match like July 1st. So I, I just didn't know. I, I didn't research enough. So that was a fail on my part. Um, moral of the story, don't be lazy and study more of the fine print than I sometimes do on these programs. Yes. Oh, always. There's always something to learn. Wow. Your year sounds absolutely amazing. Um, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and I wish you continued good travels. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And finally, a reminder about where you can find us. For questions, you can join us for free in the 99,000 member Award Travel 101 community. If you want to jump into more intermediate and advanced strategies, our Ward Travel 201 community, which is a paid group, is filled with those who want to dig into the weeds looking for more outsized value. Mike, if you don't mind, I'd love to give a little plug for 201. I, I think 
Tier 1 has been awesome to help. Not only do you learn a lot of tips and tricks, but you just have people encouraging you to kind of up your game. And, and they were the ones that helped me become more aggressive with application strategies and encouraged my learning and, and looked at my spreadsheets as I was trying to learn these advanced redemption strategies. So it's, it's been really nice to have that community and, and has really helped me up my game. Yeah, for sure. And now now you're a pro traveling the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, if, if you need even more help, you can book time with our team to discuss how to better your earning and burning strategies through our award travel one-on-one service. I also used that back, I think, before 201 because I was, I was trying to figure out my next credit card strategy. And it's, what's really nice is that they'll help you look at your personal strategy. So you Go into what cards do you have and how long? And and that was really helpful because I was kind of nervous, right? As you start to do these applications and, and everything that it really helped me gain some confidence about my own very specific situation and go forward strategy. So I can't recommend the one-on-one sessions enough either. Awesome. Very good. Also, you can email us at contactawardtravel at gmail.com. And lastly, if in-person learning is your style, you can find us at one of our meetups. And we have just announced our next meetup. Registration is now open for a meetup in San Antonio, April 26th to the 28th, 2024, Fiesta weekend. Should be a great time. Aaron, do you have your tickets booked? Yes, my tickets are booked and my hotel reservations are made. Awesome. Well, I'll see you there. Awesome. In the meantime, please support the Award Travel 101 community when applying for your next rewards card. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate you spending time with us so much. Thanks, Mike.